Hello, everyone. I want to have a mystical conversation with you and with everyone. They're my favorite kind of conversations. And it's when we lift above this heavy physical world and all of our responsibilities and tedious details and really shift into our soul's view of life. Soul meaning our higher self, our spirit, the consciousness within us that is greater than the physical body. We are all that first, and then we put on these body suits and come to earth. And today I get to have a mystical conversation with a beautiful soul who's going to share her journey here in this lifetime. And she's now one of these spiritual healers and teachers on earth. And I am Sue Frederick. I'm the author of several books, including my grief book, Bridges to Heaven, True Stories of Loved Ones on the Other Side. And I'm so excited because in June, I have a new book coming out called Through a Divine Lens, Practices to Quiet the Mind and Open the Heart, and that will have many soul regression stories in it because I'm a certified soul regression therapist. I'm also an ordained unity minister, which is an amazing thing. I'm so grateful that I was able to do it. It was quite the process and quite enlightening, and so I'm very happy to own that title. And I am an intuitive and I've been working with clients for 20 years, coaching them through intuition, spiritual wisdom, and numerology, which is my gig. And I love helping grieving people understand that we always have access to our beautiful beloved souls in the divine. And that brings me to my incredible guest today. And I'll read her bio. Sophia Meekum. She is a certified evidential medium, an intuitive healer, a Reiki master, and a shining light parent. And that means that she has a beautiful child in spirit. And she is the wife of her best friend of 31 years and a mom to four amazing children. And after the loss of her son, Xander, in 2019, when he was 14 years old, she found herself on a journey of healing and self-discovery, and her gifts became her focus and passion, and she became a full-time energy healer, psychic medium, and now uses her experience and her intuition to help other grieving parents. And she says her mission is to help as many people as possible through a unique com combination of energy work, intuition, and mediumship, creating connection, healing, and hope for the future. Beautiful Sophia, say hello. Hello. Thanks for having me today. I feel honored. Oh, uh, well, if anybody's watching the YouTube version of this, I hope you can see what an angel she looks like. <laughs> she looks like a total angel here. Oh, <laughs> and you. she is. So, um, Sophia, you know, I, I know a bit about your story, but I'm wondering if we could start by you starting at the moment. Uh, tell us about your beautiful son, Xander, and kind of the moment of his transition how that launched you on this part of your journey. Yes, absolutely. So back in November of 2019, um, we had a family business and uh, the kids would all take turns with me uh, working on this business. It was a food truck. And this particular evening, it was my youngest daughter and myself. 
And we came home to Xander. He was off that day and he had made us a, a beautiful dinner with burritos and some chips and salsa. And he was running around the house, just kind of talking and having fun. And we proceeded through the rest of the evening with, you know, the daily, the nightly chores and just kind of going over schoolwork. Um, and around 10 or 1030, we kind of were getting ready to shut it down. We had a really big weekend for work that night. And, um, it wasn't moments after that Xander and I had a, a brief conversation about school and about what the weekend would look like. And it was, you know, uh, probably about 30 seconds. We got up and we, he left before me the room that we were in and he left and went down the hallway to go into our room, the, our parents, or I guess our room. And we have a station in there where we'd plug in all of the devices. Well, this particular evening, I had this check in my spirit and my soul where they just had to get up and go follow Xander and go find him. Well, um, it wasn't seconds after that, that I had heard um, a gunshot and Xander had taken his life is what we had discovered. And my youngest daughter was at home with me. And honestly, we really couldn't process everything that took place because it just didn't make sense. Uh, both of my boys are avid uh, airsoft players and competitive um, players. So we heard, we assumed it was his, you know, airsoft rifle going off because uh, he had a game the next day. So um, as we proceeded through the night, um, I was on scene there and I asked my daughter, she had, you know, found my son first. And I said, you need to go outside and uh, here's what you need to do. Here's what your steps are. And I stayed with Xander for the remaining remainder of those moments, which really felt like an eternity. Um, I had 911 on the call and I proceeded to do uh, CPR the best I could at that particular moment. And I knew it wasn't a time to really lose myself. I needed to pay attention. And I just remember that night going on. It was really, um, I felt like I was literally out of my body and talking with 911, having them to get there just was not fast enough. And we just happened to live pretty far out of town as well. So um, trying to get you know, helicopters and stuff in, it was, it was really intense. So as I was with the 911 operators on my phone, I was counting and doing uh, CPR with Xander and I could tell that, oh, that it just um, wasn't going to be. And mm -hmm. I told Xander at that moment, I said, honey, I love you with all my soul. I said, if you need to go, it's totally okay. I said, you know, I'll come find you. And I left it at that. And it wasn't moments after that, that help arrived. And I went outside and um, my husband uh, shortly arrived, which I'm sure felt forever for him, but he came and I just remember standing outside where everybody was in the house doing their thing and looking up at the stars. And I was just like, I, I just can't believe what's happening. Like I was in shock. And I said, this cannot be the end of our story. And yet at the same time, there was a part of me that um, really didn't even see an option to overcome or, or be whole again. It just didn't even exist. Yeah. So that was a, a long night and we all made it to the hospital and, and Xander did transition that night, a little before midnight, I believe. And uh, we remember leaving the hospital. It was myself, my husband and my youngest daughter. And we left the hospital thinking, um, you know, what was next? Like, what do you do? We haven't even never even left our children before. And I had to leave one behind. Right. So uh, that was the start of a, a whole nother um, season in my life, really. Yeah. And was there a way that Xander began to communicate with you 
um, after that process or how did that unfold? It did. So I would say that there was um, silence for a little while. Let's just say the first five to six days. And I have to say that was probably mostly me um, just really being numb to Mm -hmm. the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And we were in the process of moving. After we moved into a rental home, though, um, I started to feel like I needed to wake up a little bit out of this grogginess is what, how I could explain it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say probably 10 days into that journey, I started uh, seeing different things. And those were birds. We love hummingbirds at our house and they would come all of the time and butterflies. So I started to see those small things and they did give me a little glimmer of hope um, because being able to see spirit, mm-hmm. um, I actually started that at a very young age. I, for myself, I don't believe that there's, you know, death mm-hmm. except for the physical body. I believe it's um, just another transitioning mm-hmm. place for our spirit. So, um, you know, it was 10 days in after I got those signs, I started kind of waking up is how I would say. That's so beautiful. And, <clears throat> you know, I think one of the things, so many amazing things about your story, but one of them is that so quickly, you know, Xander only crossed in 2019. And so quickly, you were able to say, um, yes, I'm going to grieve. And yes, I'm going to have pain and sorrow, because we walk in the physical as well as the divine. But I'm also going to start shifting into my role as a helper healer. And you told me that you remember the fork in the road that you came to in your grief. Do you want to share that? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to say probably six to seven months in, we were at our rental house and I I love getting up early. I get up at 3 a.m. and I love watching that sun come up. And I remember sitting on the couch that morning and the sun was just about up and I heard this inner voice in me. Um, And it said, basically, are you going to stay here in this darkness or are you going to get stand back or go back into the light was the exact word, go back in the light. And I thought, the nerve, like, how would you even say that to me? <laughs> the um, nerve of you to yeah. tell me I got to get out of bed. <laughs> oh, wow. And I have always been a very light going, happy person my entire life. And this grief that I was feeling was so excruciating. Uh, I wasn't, it was almost too much for me and my body. So when I heard that inner voice, I, part of me was kind of like, don't, tell me what to do. I'm, I'm feeling sorry for myself right now, but I got up off that couch and I remember looking for the outside door and I went into the backyard and I stood underneath the sun and I looked up as if that was the light. And I said, here I am. What are you going to do? Oh, that is (laughs) such a beautiful story. It was a very defining moment. And of course I had no clue what was coming after that, but um, I just said, here I am. And just that was it. And you know, what you're describing is that moment of surrender that I think we all hit when we're in the middle of a big challenge, you know, no matter what the challenge is, where we go, I surrender to whatever this lesson is, open my heart and make make use of me, show me how to use this pain with grace and wisdom. And you explain so beautifully, you know, looking up at the sun and saying, what are you going to do with me? I'm here, you know, use me. And anybody today who's facing that kind of devastating grief or even any kind of pain, you know, when we quit resisting and fighting and and just for a pause, just for a moment, say, ah, I choose the light. Mm -hmm. I choose the love. 
make use of me, show me what to do. Oh, that is the most beautiful prayer. That that, is so, that request is always answered. <laughs> it is. And it's very, very powerful. Um, we are never disconnected from the light, regardless of how our life feels at the moment. If you want help, it's there. And I know that inner voice, that choice, right? We all have to make that choice sometimes. And I had to go through something horrible, but I was willing to trade the pain for something purposeful and amazing. And I love it that you do talk about that choice because everything here on earth is free will. I mean, I believe we do come in with a big soul mission. All of us have a great potential here that we want to accomplish. And yet every second of every moment of every day is a free will choice, you know? And so we can say, I'm going to, you know, back off spirits. I'm going to wallow in my pain for a while. And we can do that as long as we want. But you know, I really do believe the human spirit is so powerful and we are so guided, even when we're trying to ignore that guidance, that there's always a moment where the light breaks through and where we're able to say, okay, tell me what it is I'm supposed to do with this pain to be better and to be in the light and to be in the love. And, And you describe that. So how did you then in the midst of all that pain. And by the way, you told me that you had quite an ability as a young girl to see spirits. So talk about that. Yes, I have memories going back to probably as early as age four or five um, as to seeing spirit. And I think one of the biggest things I recognized later is we used to go visit my great grandma at a nursing home. And I vividly remember saying, I don't want to see all the grandmas and grandpas. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? And So it was just kind of blown off. So over the years, um, even as a small child, seeing different things and not having the understanding or, you know, being able to process it, it could, it was very challenging at times. And I did feel isolated. I kept to myself quite a bit. Yeah. Um, And then getting into high school, I had some different experiences that I was like, whoa, that, you know, it was a little too much for me. Yeah. And I kind of dulled it down. I turned it down a little bit is what I did, like a little dimmer switch. (laughs) So. And then, um, you know, in my twenties, I decided to have kids and we started going back to church, trying to create that family, uh, atmosphere. And I went through different stages of church as well, starting from Southern Baptist, um, all the way <laughs> into the charismatic area. So oh, um, that's which, a great spiritual exploration journey. You know, we've <laughs> got to walk that journey somehow. It has. And honestly, you know, I took some of my, my beliefs started changing a little bit as I continued my spiritual journey mm-hmm. uh, for myself. I knew a, there was a lot more that wasn't being talked about, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I would say towards the end of um, me actually attending church, you know, I, I learned how to um, heal and work with that energy mm-hmm. and seeing angels and just working with people. I think that's where my heart really started to uh, reach out to help the people with, you know, that were hopeless and wounded or sick. Yeah. So, and then at that point, um, you know, I stayed there for quite a few years and became part of the, you know, the healing team, if you want to say that. And that's so great. Yeah, we did. And different that was outcomes. all before Xander's crossing. It was. So how did Xander's crossing impact your spiritual beliefs? Yes. So um, again, knowing that there was so much more out there, I'd experienced it on my own and hadn't really been able to verbalize it or talk about it with anybody. We decided to leave at one point church Mm -hmm. 
and uh, kind of started from there, really just exploring things. So when Xander had transitioned, um, I had this really gut feeling when I was ready to listen to it, that this was going to take me into another area that maybe I had been preparing for, for most of my journey. And because I was at that point, always asking for more. I love knowing all the fun stuff. Um, I just hadn't pictured that it would come from this way. So, you know, just really being able to engage with spirit and know that they're there. And uh, that's what gives me hope every day. And Mm -hmm. I also had to go on a healing journey for myself. So I worked on myself for at least a year and a half to two years, um, you know, trying to get release my grief and being opening up my heart is what I needed to do because I closed it off pretty good. And, you know, speaking to any parent or anybody who's ever lost a loved one to that beloved choosing an early exit, I prefer to say they chose an early exit than to say any of those awful terms we have about suicide. Um, When you look at the guilt, the grief, and the way other people will judge you, especially some religious dogma churches will judge you about that. What would you have to say to any person whose loved one crossed from taking their own life early to leave early? What would you say to them? I would say that I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt from my own experiences and what I've witnessed as a medium that they are absolutely okay. And they are fully healthy and restored to a high vibrational being just as they came into this world. And um, I would encourage you to maybe uh, start searching for answers if you have questions and, you know, be open to different things to explore. Because to be honest, people just say things that they've been taught. It's almost a, a regurgitation type thing. And I don't really even feel a lot of people, especially in the religion aspect of things, that they really even have any answers. They're just, again, repeating. That's so right. I encourage you to find a way to heal yourself. And it doesn't have to be the traditional way. Go out of the box. Find what works for you. And um, I love that um, statement. I have to pause you because she... Uh, beautiful numerology students, clients of mine. She's on the Aries three path, which is the path of your own unique self-expression. And the Aries makes it loud and proud leader. And, you know, the three is always about creatively putting together your life story, using your pain in a creative way to move forward and always unconventional. And look at this beautiful angel here on this video and in this podcast talking about how she did do the traditional journey of church and religion and then had the confidence to say, you know, not all of that is resonating as true. And to today, she's a very well-known, well-respected medium, and she helps so many parents, especially because you have to tell the story of how you found Helping Parents Heal. And also especially helps those who grieve someone who left early of their own choice, which carries a particular kind of pain and a particular kind of guilt that I believe only the spiritual view can help us move through. What are your thoughts about that? I agree with you a a thousand percent. Um, I think our society has a different uh, view on, you know, suicide itself. It's actually hard to say even around people because of the energy on it. So, um, yes, you should absolutely. uh, Wow. So sorry. (laughs) 
Are you seeing spirits right now? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Um, shh, I'm talking guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's okay. Great. So yes. Um, I think this is something that our society needs to talk about a little bit more. There needs to be some more love and grace and be patient. And I did go through a stage where, you know, I was told, let me just put that there that, you know, suicide, there's a lot of guilt and shame attached to that. So I did try that on if you would like to, you know, word it that way. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I'm not going to accept this because I know that I loved all of my children the best I could with the tools I had at that time. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. Put that on again, repeat, just say that again for the listeners. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I did the best I could loving all of my children with the tools I had at the time. And that just brought so much energy. I guess I had a feeling in my stomach and I was like, this doesn't feel good to be wearing the guilt and shame. And I released it. And it doesn't help anybody to live a helping healing life to carry that toxic guilt. Absolutely. And it's not what those spirits ever want to see us doing or being. That's just, I know they're flashing across your vision right now. And and I know all my departeds have come back and said, you know, everybody chooses their own soul exit. Like there's nobody here on earth who says, you know, I caused, who can say they have the power to say I caused that person's death. Everything's a soul agreement and a soul exit choice point, which is so hard for this world to understand or embrace. It is. I think we just don't have enough um, information about that as well. And also it's so easy to fall into, and I hope this isn't offensive to being a victim. Yes. Uh, the poor me thing. Why does this happen to me? And you know, those little souls came into our lives and most likely we learned more from them if we were open to receiving it that way. So your son, Xander, was a powerful Leo eight path. That is, I got to tell you, he is and was the most powerful member of your soul posse, agreed to the hardest job to come and break everyone open by his early crossing. And his name is Xander, which you told me right before we started our conversation today that it means it's warrior. Yes, so great. I mean, when a soul comes in to own their power in every way and help people wake up, we can't judge how they do that. And do we know that Xander has woken up your entire soul posse to start seeking new answers and a new vision? Heck yes. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. Um, he was a powerful little being and he was so such a kind and gentle soul. And we used to laugh at him because every time we'd go out to eat or he'd get anything, he would always leave 20s and 50s behind for like tipping because he just wanted to bless everybody. So, <laughs> so great. That is yeah. so great. Oh, and I do believe there are teachers, you know, I've been saying since 1979, when I lost so many people I loved that that the most enlightened souls leave here first because they don't need to be here any longer and they fulfilled their purpose and and they're done and their early exit will wake us all up. And that those of us who still have a lot of work to do, like you and me, we're going to be here a long time. <laughs> right. Oh, I love that. And also tell me the magic story of how you found helpingparentsheal.org. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I was in my office one day and I just turned on the computer and I heard this, you know, voice and it was like shining light. And I love shiny things. So that's like one of my words. 
And I thought shining light. And then I heard shining light parents. Well, it was my son saying these, my son in spirit was saying these words to me. And I was like, what in the heck does that even mean? He said, look it up. I was like, I am busy right now, but I got (laughs) a computer and I looked up shining light parents. And what it did is it took me to uh, Suzanne's uh, Giesman's definition of it. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I've never heard of, um, you know, a group of people actually believing in afterlife for one. So I saw the helping parents heal on there and I went to their Facebook page and I got on there and I heard Xander say, look up the location. So I went into the location area and I saw carefree high or carefree area, which is where I'm at. I thought, no way. (laughs) And so I clicked on it and Carol Allen popped up and he Uh said, email her. And I said, I am not going to email her. What am I going to say? And so I kind of made a little joke. I'm like, hi, my name is Sophie and my kid transitioned. And then what? So I ignored him for three or four days. And then he, he's, he's our funny guy. He was always dancing. So I kept seeing images of him dancing for like days and going, mom, mom, mom. So, so great. yep. I ended up emailing. So I gave in and I ended up e- uh, emailing um, Carol and we met and she was sharing a little bit of the background of the group. And I thought, oh my goodness, I can be me here and I can talk about stuff. And she yes. said, absolutely, honey, we love you. Come on in. So oh. God, I love that story. That captures the essence of helpingparentsheal.org. Just, we love you. We're here to explore it all with you. There's no dogma. There's no religion. Come jump in with all heart. And uh, I'm so amazed. And I, you know, I believe in divine order and I believe in soul posse. So this shouldn't ever shock me. But every time I hear these stories, I'm just, oh, it makes me so flipping happy. <laughs> it, you know, I can honestly say that I have some really amazing ladies and friends around me and I would have never even thought of such a thing, but they're, they are literally my tribe and I, I love everyone. It's amazing. Yes. I am so grateful. Well, Sophia, I don't know if you know my story, but I lived in Boulder, Colorado for 40-something years, thought I'd never leave there, and my husband, Gene, too, and we raised our two kids there, and we lived in a gorgeous place surrounded by mountains and nature and had owls in my backyard, and you know, if anybody had ever said, you two are going to move to Phoenix, Arizona, we would have said, you're crazy, you know, (laughs) we're just, no, that's not going to happen, and then... Um, my beautiful husband was diagnosed with a very intense cancer in 2018, which shocked us completely. And I had lost my first husband to cancer in 1979. And, and Jean and I, when we came back from our shock, you know, I said to him, Hey, this is your journey. I support you. I love you. You know, whatever it is you want to do or however you want to walk it, I'm here for you. Cause I had to learn that lesson the first time around. Like I can't try to cure him, heal him or tell him what to do. It's his journey. And so he said, no, we're not, we're not giving into this. Every doctor we went to see said, go home and write up your will. And Jean said, I'm going to find somebody who has a light and a possibility. And there, that doctor was here at Mayo And literally in probably a month, we called the realtor, decided we were moving here. All we knew was there was a doctor here that said he could really help Gene at Mayo Clinic, and he accepted Gene into his program. And that's all we needed to know. And I came here knowing nobody. And I remember when we got here, I was thinking, 
oh, wow, what have I done? Like I'm turning 70 and I don't know anybody here. And one of my grieving clients, because I worked with grieving clients for 20 years in my business, Gail, I'll, t- I'll just say her name, beautiful Gail Lynn, who I adore. She lost her son uh, when he was around 19. And um, she said, Sue, you've moved right in the neighborhood of Elizabeth Boisson and helping parents heal. And I was like, what is that? And she said, you've got to meet her. And literally, suddenly, after being this many decades old and thinking Boulder was my home, I have the best friends here I've ever had in my life. And we're all soul connections like this through helping parents heal. And I'm like, divine order just blows me away. <laughs> Here Absolutely. I am in Phoenix, Arizona, connecting to people like you. You probably live a mile from me, Sophia. Probably. You know? I love and it. Like, there's such a divine order. We're saying to anybody who's listening, if you ever feel lost and afraid, and especially if you have to move somewhere and you're not sure how you'll find your people, again, go back to that moment where you open your heart you call yeah. in the light and you just say, I'm here. Connect me to my heartfelt connections, my soul posse. I surrender what I think I know. Open my heart and connect me. And the next thing you know, you're having coffee with the greatest <laughs> friends you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Seriously. No kidding. So oh. thank you, Departed. Thank you, Departed Children and my Departed, Paul, Chrissy, Marv, Dad, my whole posse for oh. always saying, Sue, pay attention. It's all on purpose. I love that so much. That's uh, so true. And, you know, if you, if listeners, you know, you guys need help bringing in that light, it's okay to go out and physically stand underneath the sun. If that's what you do. And I even do that with the moon too. I mean, you can stand under a full moon and say, and that's my grandfather. Sorry. My grandfather put my hand in the full moonlight when I was a young girl. And he said, do you see that light, Sue? That's perpetual light. And that's what God is. Oh, that changed my life. And so go into your backyard, people put your hands in the moonlight and say, that's perpetual light. And that's what God is. Oh my goodness. I love that. So I, I'm supposed to be back on track doing a real interview here, and I'm just kind of messing it up because I'm loving talking to you so much. But I guess the main thing I want to say is because you're doing your your mediumship work now, when you went through the training of that, how does it now um, impact your ability Uh, You were talking once about the grid, and I'm just wondering if you would sort of talk about that and how you connect. Yes. Uh, So I, hmm, where would I like to start with that? So in order for me to uh, be the best that I can uh, with the mediumship or any type of the energy stuff and working with spirit in general, I really like to keep my energy up high. And that for me has been the trick to living, especially after being a grieving, uh, you know, going through grief. And what I actually do is a lot of what you just said. I love going outside under the moon or underneath the sun. And I see that warm light just coming in through the top of my head and coming all the way through my body. Uh, But the one thing I do that might be a little bit different is I see it also coming out of my heart and I expand it out. So I'll start the 360 degrees and wrap it around me. 
and I'll go as far as I can to expand it. And it took time. I used to do my home and then I'd do the city. I do state and I'd go out through the country. And before I knew it, I could see the planet underneath my feet and going out even further without me. Yes, that's why I love that so much with no limitations. And so when I'm going into the grocery store or uh, reading or anything, I, I just make sure that my energy is above what I call the matrix, uh, above the heaviness of the world. And so that um, those energies don't stick to me typically. I mean, I have my moments, but mm-hmm. usually they just kind of pass right through me and mm-hmm. I can remain me and be completely unaffected by all of it. Oh, so. so good. You really have an angelic presence. And <clears throat> I hope that whoever's listening on the podcast version might go and also check check out the YouTube version of this just to see her amazing angelic physical self, because I believe that our soul chooses our physical body because it serves the purposes of our soul mission in this lifetime. So, you know, your physical expression you really carry angelic um, beauty. It's not, you know, beauty can be described in many different ways, but yours is definitely angelic. And here you are talking to grieving people about connecting to their angel soul children and angel soul loved ones and raising up to go above the grid. That is all such sacred, holy work. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So what else would you like to say before we say goodbye for the day? Well, I would just love to encourage everybody. uh, If you are at the beginning of your journey or further along your journey to get connected and helping parents heal is a great place to start and start looking for people that you can connect with. And I encourage everybody to go outside daily, stand underneath that light. If that's the only thing you can do, that would be my main thing to uh, make a suggestion with. And that's so beautiful because everybody can do that, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And just know that you're loved and you're okay. And um, if you're open to it, you know, you may be able to turn that pain into a purpose. And what is that? To be continued. (laughs) Beautiful. And so um, go to her website, which is um, sophiamecom.com. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So let's spell it for them. So why don't you spell that website for them? Yes, it's Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A. Last name is Mecum, M-E-C-U-M dot com. Beautiful. And there you can sign up for her sessions and her intuitive work, her mediumship, and also just get to know her. She's such an angel soul. And I'm so happy because I get to have coffee with her. (laughs) That was so fun. All right. So if you have any questions, you can either visit Sophia's website, like we've mentioned, or mine, suefrederick.com. And you can also get my book that talks about these same kinds of stories, Bridges to Heaven, True Stories of Loved Ones on the Other Side. And I tell you what, the veil is so thin these days. Consciousness is shifting so much that if we can really take a play out of the playbook of Sophia and all the beautiful souls I've talked to who take their darkest pain and turn it into their healing work. We are transforming consciousness moment by moment. And I am so grateful to be on this journey and to know you, Sophia. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such an honor to know you as well. I look forward to the future. Yeah. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.